0: Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, a special report from Copenhagen Fashion Week. The leading Nordic Fashion Week took place this week in a somewhat rainy Copenhagen. We were there both as observers at the shows, but also with our own talk schedule that took place at the trade show SIF. Today we will hear from three voices from Inside Fashion Week, Rose Svane, up-and-coming designer, Alice Boulot, Principal Head of Creative at the Paris-based Recruiter Sterling International, and Gonzalo Catalan, Founder and CEO of Fashion and Distribution Company. Welcome! In this episode, we will discuss why Gen Z are betting on arts and crafts, which shows are people talking about the most the industry temperature from the brands at the trade shows. And we'll get a preview of our own beauty innovation talk session that took place at SIF. My name is Konrad Olson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And with me is my colleague, my man on the ground, Johan Magnusson. You just came back from Copenhagen. How are you, Johan?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of impressions. Um it's a bit hard to di-
0: digest and uh, but it was a fun 3 days in
1: Copenhagen yeah
0: that's why we do the show to be able to digest the impressions and get them fresh from from the ground let's give a bit of an overview of of the week uh, wh- what were your personal impressions uh, what are people talking about uh, it seemed like it was a bit rainy yeah the
1: weather was of course the the main topic uh, not 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 only rainy but also Very, very cold. Typical Scandinavian summer weather. uh, If you you, uh, reduce it with the five degrees or even seven or eight (laughs) degrees. We even had uh, designers uh, moving uh, location and time slots Mm -hmm. uh, due to the weather. And uh, yeah, they had to switch location. And I felt really bad for the models uh, at certain shows uh, like... The models uh, wearing spring summer 2024 um, collections uh, right next to the water, water in pouring rain. Um, yeah, also in the the the, cool, the 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 main shows. They of course take place uh, uh, in the evening. And that's that's when it's even colder.
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. This is typical Nordic conversation topics. Then the weather. Uh, so, what about the sort of temperature in the industry? I, mean, I felt like there was a really strong schedule this year. Uh, also, we have some news around the the merged uh, trade show SIF and uh, Revolver. And we'll hear from people in this uh, in this episode that you've you've interviewed people on the ground. But what were your impressions around just generally? Uh, is it an optimistic tone?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, this edition, people spoke even more about um, how Copenhagen Fashion Week is actually uh, a front runner when it comes to being a sustainable fashion week. It's quite exotic. For for instance, uh, my editor colleagues uh, from Asia or the Mediterranean countries to create a fashion week based on uh, sustainable principles. And that was uh, quite a time. They they worked with uh, this for like four or five, six Mm, years. mm. But this edition, people spoke about it even more. And uh, regarding um, the atmosphere and uh, yeah, we are are in challenging times, but uh, people were optimistic. uh, But the the weather was... Again, uh, uh, not uh, the best thing for the people's mood, of course.
0: It's interesting that the sustainability angle is kind of really pushing through and and, and resonating with the international uh, audience. I mean, we've obviously covered this at length in our podcast before we had... Friedrich Larsen on the podcast, he was part of our talk schedule at SIF last, last year or last, uh, last season. Uh, he, he was part of writing the sustainability strategy for Copenhagen Fashion Week. And, and if you're curious, you can go back and listen to that. Um, what you know In terms of, of the shows, in terms of the, the, the clothes, in terms of uh, the people listening, were there special aspects of this sustainability strategy that the people were talking about in any, in any form?
1: uh Not specifically, but uh the brands participating they now have to um to um adopt to certain rules uh like minimum standards uh since i think uh, one or one and a half years ago yeah and and that uh people didn't talk about that much but it's like it's like the the entire industry. Uh, we, we have come to a certain point where at least we can speak about uh, like minimal minimal standards, mm, you know, mm, and mm. then we can take it from there because uh, it's it requires huge transformation from uh, a very, very big industry. But it's, of course, important when uh, such a big event as Copenhagen Fashion Week can take some kind of lead in this transition, I think. Mm.
0: Well, we'll get back to this topic, I'm sure, uh, not least in our own transformation conference coming up uh, later in August. Sorry for plugging that so soon in the episode. Let's get into into some of the conversations that you had on the ground. Um, You met with a very interesting up-and-coming designer called Rose Uh, It's I I believe it was in one of the showrooms. Uh, Talk about that meeting. Uh, She was part of
1: the lineup for uh, Migliorini Venue, Mm. Uh, a a seasonal, yeah, they're always at Copenhagen Fashion Week. It's a two-day event uh, for for trade uh, or professionals, like uh, media and buyers and such. It's always uh, very well curated, uh, new brands, uh, established brands, uh, but with a very hand-picked feeling. And uh, of course, uh, many of the founders and designers are present and showing their collections, and one of them uh, was uh, Rose, sorry. Uh, And um, yeah, she uh she showcased uh, her crochet designs. What's that? So she's not really, she she is a designer to some extent but yeah. uh she she, she never uh, her, her pieces are um uh, couture like I would say they're very colorful uh, and they're not for sale. So it's uh, only to to show it's it's it, it's only show pieces. And uh, the thing is that uh, she provides uh the knitting instructions on how to create them as a private person or for you and me, Conrad, mm. you can give cool. it to your daughter. Uh, and um, uh, it, 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 she's also like a, a, an, an author. She's now uh, working on her second book uh, and her thir- first book with do it yourself designs, uh, like I think 15 of her best uh, knitting um, knitting instructions or knitting pieces uh, were available uh, in the first book and uh, it's been translated to, I think, three or four languages. So it's not a bestseller, but she's become uh, like a name, yeah. and in Copenhagen she's
0: quite big. Yeah, it's interesting. For... I, I didn't know her, her as a designer, but I knew her as an author because my wife is really into knitting, and she had this book. So, uh, but but um, that doesn't, you know, the most interesting thing is how she resonates with the new generations and how sort of arts and crafts is is entering this this new uh, new target group. Uh, talk about that.
1: As she'll mention in the interview uh, when she started uh, she had a quite uh, v- or very old target group but uh, over over time uh, it has become uh, younger and now uh, with the new generation growing up um, yeah popularly named YNC, of course mm. um, uh, they, they are very they're very keen to um, they, they are known to be very keen to uh, to get a result of uh, what they are up to you know they, they 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 can perform things. They can uh, stick to things, uh, but they want to see In, an instant end gratification.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. This is Rose up and coming and craft designer uh, that you one met at the Migliorini uh, uh, showroom. What did
1: you do yesterday? It was a special day.
2: It was. I uh, started my morning off here at uh, Paustian, where we uh, had a very big breakfast with Migliorini and you, a woman, And then I hosted a crochet workshop with uh, the brand called Wool and the Gang, which is a very cool uh, yarn uh, company. And uh, yeah, so that was my day yesterday. Mm.
1: And you launched a web shop as well?
2: Oh yes, of course. I launched uh, my very first web shop yesterday where I sell individual patterns so you can make your own crochet pieces. Mm. And
1: who's the target group? It's uh, slightly younger than you might uh, expect.
2: It is. It's uh, for the, the young uh, crafters uh, because uh, Crocheting and knitting has always been like very much for the old audience. So I wanted to kind of like bring new life into this uh, beautiful craft and so so all the young people could start making their own pieces and express themselves through crocheting.
1: What's the most uh, common feedback you get from your end consumer or you've also released a book? your book readers?
2: Yes, I have. I feel like uh, many of uh, of the people who make my pieces, they love, of course, the design, but they also love the process because they uh, get away from social media and away from their phone and just really dive into this meditative state of uh, crocheting and making, uh, making something with your hands. So they feel re- very relaxed after doing a piece and they also feel satisfied that they have their own brand new uh, item to wear.
1: This feels very much Jensi, uh, that uh, mm. they, they want to, uh, to have a result of uh, the job that they put into their mm. the, the effort, yeah?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's also a big thing for me. I would never do anything that I didn't, you know, uh, that didn't have an uh, amazing Output because I feel like our generation are very scared of wasting their time So that's also why we love crafting because it takes a lot of time, but we get an amazing product That's not a waste of time to to end up with Mm.
1: Is there a specific reason why you don't ever sell any of your pieces?
2: I I Started uh, selling my pieces in the very beginning, but it took a Way too much time, um, because uh, one crochet piece can take up to months to complete, so it uh, made more sense for me to create a pattern, so uh, many people could create it at the same time. Mm.
1: Co-creation?
2: Exactly,
1: yeah. Do they have enough uh, patience to work several months for a particular piece?
2: I feel like they do. Uh, not all of my designs uh, takes uh, as, as long to make. I have some that is like you can make a hat in a day if you want to. So there's for every type of patience. Mm. And
1: what can you say about your uh, book that was released the other year? It's only available in Danish,
2: it's, right? It's uh, being published in a few months in English, and it has just been published in Deutsch and Finnish and Dutch. So, uh, so it's, uh, it's getting there and uh, my the book is uh, a collection of 15 of my patterns uh, and 100, uh, about 100 pages of uh, crochet techniques, so it's very good if you're a beginner for this craft, so yeah that's my book.
1: How did you yourself come into crochet and this technique and the aesthetics?
2: I started crocheting because I needed uh, something that could help me relax and wind down. Um, So I uh, learned crocheting, uh, my grandma learned me how to crochet and then I just kept doing it and have been doing it every day for four years now, without a break at all. Every day? Every day, yeah. Even when I'm sick, I'm still crocheting in bed.
1: It's your meditation?
2: It is. I really love it. I, I don't know what to do without it, it's so relaxing. Mm.
1: And what's your own background?
2: Uh, I, um, I actually don't have a background in any design or anything. Uh, I just feel like I have a natural talent yeah, for it. Mm? So
1: <laughs> Typical Danish answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're self-taught uh, or no, you, yeah. your grandma helped you. But, uh, My grandma
2: helped me stamp, And YouTube tutorials exactly. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of YouTube watching. Mm.
1: And what's your common class? to establish the webshop or going on a book tour to Finland and uh, the Netherlands?
2: I'm actually uh, at the moment uh, writing a new book that's being published uh, May next year. Uh, So that takes a lot of my time at the moment. And then I have a lot of workshops here in Denmark during the fall. Uh, And then next year I would love to go on a little tour with the book because that would make sense with the old book being uh, published in English.
0: All right, that was Rose Svane, a designer uh, in Copenhagen and somewhat of a knitwear shooting star. So, Yuan, I'm, I'm curious about the, the shows. I know you you, you had, you know, uh, busy doing stuff at SIF and, and you, you weren't able to watch uh, most of the shows. But what were what, what some of the shows that people were talking about uh, the most during Copenhagen Fashion Week?
1: one of the most important aspects of the event is that uh, it has actually lifted certain uh, local names into sort of global fame. Yeah. We we had uh, Soland, Woodward, Henrik Wibskov and uh, then we saw uh, 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 new uh, other brand names coming up and now there's a new wave so the organization is really really good at promoting uh, new names and support them uh, monetary and with uh, how to um, to promote them uh, and uh, they're also of course in the at the forefront when it comes to uh, to sustainability those uh, new names uh, the the emerging names coming up now and the uh, if we talk about uh like um Talk of the town for for shows. Uh, of course, uh, uh, the garment was a huge success and uh, saxpots, uh, but they uh, they were unlucky with the weather. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, a bunch of uh, we saw yeah. we saw Arge uh, opening the entire week, and she's of course uh, award-winning and uh, super exciting, both when it comes to textile innovation and um, sustainability. She's a front runner. Right. right.
0: Well, I got, I got a bit of a FOMO when I saw the photos from uh, the the Ganni show. I, I don't think you caught that. You flew back to Stockholm and also uh, Sunflower, one of my favorite menswear brands. They seem to have a really cozy, nice show with a, with a bit of a music attached to it. So let's talk about um, designers. You met with Alice Bollor. She's been a, a speaker at a transformation conference uh, earlier this year in Helsinki. Uh, why did you meet up with Alice? She,
1: it was her first time uh, in Copenhagen, so it was exciting to hear uh, her f- fresh view. Mm. And, uh, she's, of course, uh, quite into new designers, so it was interesting to hear her insights. We met outside Paulina Russo, uh, th- their show, and uh, they they are the winner of uh, Salando visionary award previously Salando sustainability award and she was super excited about uh, their uh, first nordic show they're based in london and um uh, we will publish an interview with them i think today on scandinavianmind.com. and yeah she's uh, she's just full of insights uh, from uh, a french perspective based in france of course and
0: uh, yeah All right, let's hear it from Alice Boulot, principal and head of creative at the Paris-based recruiter Sterling International.
1: We met uh, in Helsinki at our conference and now we meet here. It's your first time. What's your impressions so far?
3: I think it's very interesting because it's bringing talents not only from uh, Denmark, but also from Nordic countries. And I think it's good because union makes trends and it's good to see all of these amazing emerging talents here. The most impressive things I think is the high standard when it comes to sustainability and having a fashion week that's mostly dedicated to brands that are looking at sustainable uh, solutions for fashion, I think that's super interesting and promising.
1: How do they work? The, the brands, what, what makes them stand out compared to other international fashion weeks?
3: I think there is a bit of everything in terms of creativity, so obviously there are all different kinds of styles, uh, but what really stands out to me is that their common thread is the fact that all of these brands are looking for new solutions when I think the main fashion weeks are not really, um, you know, forward thinking when it comes to it.
1: Can it uh, develop uh, even further? Can the fashion week and the brands, of course, they can do much, much more. What are the next steps here, you think?
3: I think it would be to inspire actually other fashion weeks to follow the lead and perhaps then to have brands coming in, you know, from other countries as well that would meet those standards to do like exceptional shows and really just raise the bar everywhere basically.
1: What's your favorite show show so far?
3: It's only the beginning, so it's very difficult. I really liked um, Rolf for sure. I also liked, I think Spot was super interesting, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to Paulina Rousseau, to be honest. I think it's probably kind of like the future of fashion showing that creativity, craftsmanship, technical innovation and uh, sustainability can all come together. And that's giving me hope for the future of fashion. <laughs> I hope they don't disappoint now.
1: <laughs> it's going to be tricky also for the new and emerging brands that it's uh, it can be expensive. Uh, being more sustainable. Absolutely. That's always the status quo, right?
3: Exactly. And today, when you're a young designer launching your brand, you have to think, obviously, aside from just doing great collections and being creative and having your signature, you have to think about marketing and communication, you have to think about the commercial part of it. But now you also have to think about sustainability and ethics in general. So it's just like so many new criteria that today they have to face. So pretty intense.
1: And what we can also look forward to is improved weather, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. That would be great. That would be really good. <laughs>
1: to get rid of the raincoat.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right, that was Alice Boulot at Sterling International. Right. Let At the end of this show, let's move on to the trade shows and uh, specifically SIF X Revolver, as I believe they, the, the big show is now named, the combined SIF and Revolver show that has moved, uh, sort of uh, accumulated into the Bella Center. Previously, obviously, um, Revolver was set in the Oxnahallen. Uh, the old meat packing district, but now they, they consolidated everything to Bella Center, which I think it's a good thing. I think generally when I speak to people in the industry, that seemed to be a positive thing. Uh, certainly when we were there, the last edition of SIF, there was obviously a lot of halls that was empty. So I guess they needed to fill those up somehow. And just generally, the people, uh, you know, think that a, a more a combined trade fair experience is better for the industry overall. Was that your impression uh, on the ground as well? Definitely.
1: People were super positive about the, this move. And of course, there's a lot to improve, Given that, but it was the first time, of mm. course. And we uh, need to, to uh, think about uh, the future of trade fairs and we can't have uh, two competing uh, ones in such a yeah relatively small city as Copenhagen uh, we all need to think of the convenience for the the visitors like uh, the super stressed buyers if they if they shall show up at uh, those uh, uh, trade fairs, they, they they need to have it convenient, you know. They, we, they can't just uh, spend times on travel back and forth between different trade fairs. No, no. So people wow. were super wow. positive, and also it was weatherproof, <laughs> because it was inside. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Usually at the summer edition of SIF, uh, it's uh, it can be as just as much people uh, outside in the sun as inside. No, of course I'm exaggerating, but yeah, uh, people were staying inside definitely, and the uh, pouring rain outside. Of
0: course, I mean Copenhagen is one of the most beautiful experiences when the weather is right, and I don't think people used to uh, calling uh, Bella Center uh, th- that's not their USP being indoors in the in the fair halls, but but today it was perhaps. You, you met up with uh, a Gonza or Gonzalo Catalan, uh, founder and CEO of, of the fashion distribution company. Welcome. Uh, why did you speak to, to Gonzalo?
1: He's one of the leading names in Scandinavia. And he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he has a lot of power. And uh, what he's uh, known for is uh, his very successful uh, venture. And uh, they've grown tremendously. And uh, perhaps most of all for bringing uh, iconic uh, brands back to market and make them, um, yeah, credible again, if you if you may mm. say. And uh, yeah, he's a super nice guy. He he meets a lot of people. So if you want to get the temperature of the industry, he's quite uh, he, he's he's uh, he's the right guy to talk to. He's been uh, he's been at the trade fairs for like a decade. So he he was a good person to interview about uh, comparing.
0: All right, let's hear it. Here's Gonzalo Catalan, founder and CEO of the fashion distributing company. Welcome.
1: You've,
4: uh, you have quite a track record. How have uh, the last few years been? Yeah, I mean, the business have been uh, good for us. Obviously the pandemic was a little bit of a challenge as for everyone else, but we have managed to uh, you know, to navigate quite well through the market and uh, we still find ways to, to increase numbers and, and, and you know, distribution.
1: In particular, you, you've uh, managed to reintroduce several iconic brands to the market and uh, gained big market shares and such. What are the secrets to success there?
4: Yeah, correct. I mean, we started with uh, reintroducing uh, Fila in, in Scandinavia six, seven years ago which uh, was our first uh, relaunch of a 90s brand. We also did uh, Buffalo's reintroduction a couple of years ago. We are in the middle of reintroducing True Religion. And I mean, I think it's a matter of ki- kind of finding, finding the, the time for the trend. I mean, we all saw the 90s trend coming. Perhaps we did a little bit earlier than everybody else. And um, the same now with True Religion, the, the, the launch has been fantastic and and I think that we, we can everybody see the the, um, the trend with, with the low waist and everything and and yeah, it's been good. I think we, we, we just, we, we have been listening to trends and just trying to find the right brands to track. Because
1: to. it's a very challenging retail landscape.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know working with brands i think also makes it a little bit easier uh, especially in today's market to just not have a good product but to also have a good potential like a powerful brand behind the the product as well so that that has definitely been a win i think
1: this is the first season uh, where we only have one fair and uh, you've been here for yeah a decade or so yeah correct uh, what are your feelings uh, people seem very optimistic and uh, yeah the only problem is the weather but we're inside yeah yeah.
4: exactly no I mean to be honest I'm I'm kind of excited because um, to have everything under one roof I think makes it easier for both uh, exhibitors and visitors Uh, we get a lot more traffic all day like even traffic throughout the days so uh, day two so far so good for sure
1: and for me, this also shows that there is certainly a future for trade fairs as a format.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a strong believer in, in wholesale, I'm a strong believer in retail, and I think meeting people physically and having the opportunity to connect is, is what we need, for sure.
1: If you were to pick one thing for spring summer 2024 and you can't say it through religion, uh, what shall we keep an eye open for?
4: wow I mean I'm, I, I I believe strongly in um, how do I say this in the in the correct context without sounding strange but I, I believe that the trend on women's is getting a bit more feminine for me it's been a bit too masculine in a way for quite some time and we're seeing the feminine silhouettes come back even at a younger age with I think if you can listen to that and interpret that in a good way, I think you will find
0: some nice uh, pointers where we're headed. All right, that was Gonza Catalan, uh, uh, interviewed by Johan uh, on site at CIF X Revolver, the newly combined trade show in Copenhagen. Okay, Johan, let's close out the show with some impressions from your uh, debut, let's say, of being a moderator on our Beauty Innovation Talk. So I was obviously not able to come to Copenhagen this year, but you uh, very strongly and confidently uh, took the reins of our talks collaboration that we have with SIF. It's the second year running that we do a talks collaboration with them. Uh, and, and again, we were focusing on uh, our beauty innovation concept, which is of course now launched as a newsletter. Now we're able to do this uh, beauty innovation talks in conjunction with our newsletter to the audience at SIF. What were your impressions from, from doing the talk and, and um, perhaps mention a little bit uh, of, of the guests and the, and the topics?
1: So um, the topic was uh, how to innovate beauty communication. We had a very strong panel of uh, Esteban Villanueva from uh, Spalt PR, he used to be the editor of Vogue Scandinavia for beauty. And then we had uh, Molly Rådberg from uh, Mantle, the Swedish fast-growing uh, CBD beauty brand. And then we had uh, Luis Emil Rind the sustainability specialist at uh, Rudolf Care, the leading Danish uh, beauty brand. I also interviewed him uh, afterwards and he's such a, into sustainability and uh, it was interesting because they all had uh, quite different angles and different perspectives from the industry and uh, we, we could uh, p- produce uh, uh, an important conversation we had a full house which made me very very happy because the the trade fair is so so busy and uh, but in general, the talks were, we were not, of course, the only one having talks. And in general, uh, people really showed up uh, at the talks, which I think is a great thing uh, for people to rest for a while, to get insights and uh, for uh, leading industry names like trend agencies, uh, they, they really want to come to Copenhagen and present their works. We had, for instance, Perclair Paris there with a huge booth and they presented the uh, Uh, trend talks uh, for fashion and beauty and uh, they're they're quite a strong name in the industry so it's great to have them there as well.
0: Well, Wonderful, I'm getting a serious FOMO now hearing you talk about this but we will come back to this talk uh, that we did our beauty innovation talks at CIF Copenhagen uh, in this uh, very feed, we will publish it as a podcast here, if you want to know about Uh, The launch of this conversation, first of all, of course, uh, sign up to our new insights newsletter, Beauty Innovation, uh, that we launched uh, before summer. It's been running now for a few weeks. The feedback we're getting is really, really positive uh, from the industry. This really felt like something that was needed on the market. So uh, sign up to this, visit ScandinavianMind.com slash Beauty Innovation. And of course, before we close out, don't miss the upcoming Stockholm edition of Transformation Conference taking place during Nordic Fabric Fair on August 31st. Secure your seat. Visit Scandinavianmind.com/transconf to sign up or just go to www.scandalismind.com you'll find all these links there you want any closing words from this edition of Copenhagen anything you you wish for any product you've seen anything that that really uh, uh, sparked your imagination I
1: think it was great that uh, SIF uh, once again for the second consecutive season had a dedicated beauty mm. section and the oh. recept- reception was really good And they also uh, had the opportunity to invite uh, really really um, high-end buyers from like uh, retailers of course and um yeah a a strongly strongly curated uh, section and i really hope to see it uh uh, for the next season, and I did a lot of interviews. I produce a lot of content Which will be available through Beauty
0: Innovation newsletter. All right. Thank you Yuan, for being our man on the ground Until next week. Goodbye. Bye